Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. So Dave, it's been a little while since we've done a podcast. Um, quite a few fights that have happened since we've been away and quite a few big ones coming up. So we thought it was a good chance to ca catch up and just uh, <laughs> chew the fat over what's going on in the boxing world at the moment. Um, to start with, I'm just going to ask you a, a, like a, a, the, the, probably the biggest question. What's your thoughts about fights in lockdown so far? Yeah, loved it. Love to see some boxing back on TV, which is nice. Um, I think it's one of those, isn't it, where the more I've seen with fights of lockdown, now I'm getting a bit to the stage where I just desperately want fans, fans back, back yeah. in. I think like initially, uh, when like Brad Foster's kicked it all off in July, just pleased to see any sort of boxing on the TV at all. Um, and I think as a whole, it has worked. I think like some of the innovation around it's been quite interesting. So I think like the matchroom fight camps were really really interesting I think um, Eddie Hearn did a great job with that and yeah, probably probably lost quite a bit of money on those but just put them on because he wanted to keep the momentum of the sport going and make sure that fans were still seeing boxing so that when the fans do return hopefully next year um, there'll still be like the level of interest that there was before I thought the BT Sports stuff was okay I wouldn't say it was at the same level to be honest no, so I, 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 I'm, I not, I'm not not too I'm not really keen about the TV studio situation with it. I just, it does. It didn't have the same gravitas that the matchroom shows had for me. Um, I'm probably slightly biased because as we've said many times before, we're Sky definitely boys. much more Sky than BT, but I did feel that Sky definitely had the edge over BT in this situation. Yeah. Um, and I think the fights were better on Sky as well. I, I, to be honest, I can't really think of too many cracking fights on the BT shows off the top of my head, but I can think of a few on the Sky shows. Um, I, I think for me what it was, right, was the, the I really, I, I agree with you. I thought the BT shows were very sterilised. Yeah. Um, so the fact that you were in Eddie Hearn's back garden with all the flames and and, mm -hmm. and quite a few people, not, not, not fans, but yeah. quite a few people, and also not being in like a confined arena meant that the noise wasn't like, you weren't hearing their feet squeaking on the yeah. floors. But when it was BT, it was it was like, un, like it was very very quiet. Yeah. So it had to have a really good match to kind of take you out of that. Where I think if it, when it was the in Eddie Hearn's back garden, I thought it was just done really, just done really well. The the the, the end the ring walks as, as well were like it was a show, isn't it? Yeah, it was a sh it, it was, was much more of a show, and the fight quality was much better. So you mm. got fights like uh, the Jonas versus Harper fight, which kind of came out of nowhere, and I was watching. Yeah. I just thought, what a great. Yeah, yeah. What a great Tremendous. little fight. And then the actual, and then the pay-per-view itself was where um, yeah. where Taylor beat Pursun and where Povetkin beat White was actually was actually a great a yeah. great evening's boxing. And you forget, you forgot that it was in his back garden, yeah. I think. No, definitely. I, th I think the show element of it, you don't realise how important that is in boxing. The whole, the whole ring walk. Obviously, you've lost the atmosphere of the crowd. So he's trying to generate something with like the fireworks and the sweet Carolines and and all of that and I think that 
that definitely was lost for me within the, the studio fights. Um, just going back to like the fights of lockdown, what, what any ones in particular, obviously you mentioned Jonas Harper, any others that you've particularly enjoyed or? I mean, my favourite has to be the, the white, the white, um, Povetkin fight. Mm. I was absolutely gutted for white, but it's kind of what you want, isn't it? Yeah, you, it's like, it, it was one of those ones where, you know, you're going into that fight hoping that White's going to knock him out and it's going to be a really emphatic win and an exciting knockdown. And that's probably where my head was at about what I've got to look forward to in that fight. And I kind of got a lot more uh, interest in what actually happened than that, although it was a bit of a... If that's it, like, if we'd gone to see that at the MEN, yeah, well, yeah. we would be talking about that for ages and it would be... You know, you'd be talking about that uppercut that's flawed him for, for, for weeks and, and we'd have been talking about it for into the small hours. Yeah, I was, do you know what we'd go back and thought, I was going to say, we were 4 a.m. as well, yeah, we just chatting, yeah. just chatting about that one punch. Yeah, yeah. I um, I massively enjoyed Sam Eggington, Ted Cheeseman. Yes, that was, that was a good one as well. In the first fight camp and that was that was just a great scrap between um, two season pros. Harper Janus was also... Was yeah. also really good, and I enjoyed. I found. Um, I don't know if you saw this one. I, I saw um, Dalton Smith win in the first fight week, uh, first fight camp. I'd never heard of Dalton Smith before, and just tuned in to watch. But he's now on the radar for me. Is and that was something that was really nice out of those ones. Is that you're getting you're getting fighters that have only had four or five professional fights, and they're they're like third of the bill yeah. on these. And it was, yeah, it was yeah. quite interesting to to watch these guys. And they're the ones that are probably getting similar money to what they would have got. Otherwise, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, yeah. you're probably getting similar money there to what you get at mm. Warsaw Town Hall, potentially. Mm-hmm. So tell us a bit, just tell us a little bit about your relationship with Brad Foster now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got into my head that I was going to, as 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 uh, listeners of this podcast will know, I've, I've got no shame when it comes to contacting various fighters. And uh, after Brad, after learning that Brad Foster was um, from Litchfield, which is just up the road from where we are now, um, and we got quite excited about that, didn't we? Potentially, potentially watching um, him in the future, like locally. Um, I thought, I'll just have a little Google for Brad Foster's mobile phone number. <laughs> and um, it t- turns out that um, you can find it on the internet. Or so I thought. So I text Brad Foster and said uh, that we'd, we're, we're doing a podcast, a boxing podcast. We've got... Um, about 10 people that listen and uh, <laughs> I wonder if you'd be interested um, in coming on. That was, be, that was before our first, that was before was our first. Before our first podcast. And we, and, and we did think 10 was optimistic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we did, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and he replied, but it turns out that the number online is actually his dad. So uh, in my phone, I've got Brad Foster's dad's number. Shout out to Brad Foster's dad. What's his, uh, what's his first name? I don't know. Okay. Just got, just say done the Brad Foster Dad, okay. in my phone, makes sense. Um, yeah, so I've got him. He's replied. I've I've gave him all the the best for Brad and and said that if his next fight will be in contact and potentially might get him on. I think it might be a long shot. I tell you what, we've we've been talking about how all these boxes that we're going to get on the podcast. One day we one day we'll get one. One day, maybe, maybe. Don't don't, <laughs> don't hold us to that. So before we talk about um, upcoming fights, I think it's probably just worth us recapping on the ones that we have seen since our last pod yep. so the last pod, i think we talked briefly about dubois versus snyder's yeah or snyder wesley snyder wesley snyder so second round knockdown knockout dubois yeah just pretty standard yeah, it was there's not really anything to report is there he was 
it was slightly heavier than normal Dubois, um, simply because he hasn't trained properly um, for a while, and I think just getting just it's a tune up fight, isn't it, for the Joyce fight? And uh, I think to be honest, he probably wanted a few more rounds than that um, because it, it was it was just completely nothing, wasn't it? He right, offered, right, well, he offered absolutely nothing. Um, obviously, and uh, <laughs> it was a replacement for a potentially bad fighter. Anyway, it's not, not ideal. Yeah, it? I mean, I mean, Dubois did what he could. Like all you can do is beat what's in front of you, and he, and he put him away efficiently. But um, I don't think we learned anything about Daniel Dubois in that fight. Fair enough. So the, the next one I've got on my list is Yard versus Dex Spellman. Mm. So I enjoyed that fight um, for bits I've, I've seen of it. Um, I think Yard's a pretty comprehensive win. I actually think Yard's a really class fighter. Yeah, know? I think. Um, one of the matches I'm really excited about is watching him fight Boatzi at some point. Yeah. Um, we'll come on to Boatzi a bit later, but I think Yard took the Kovalev fight, and obviously I think you saw the Kovalev fight. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He fought, um, he fought Sergei Kovalev in, in Russia last year uh, for his world title. It was quite funny, actually, the fight. It was um, Kovalev's fight before he fought Canelo, and he'd already signed to fight Canelo at this point for like mega money, like the most he's ever the most money he would have ever made in his career was on that Canelo fight. But he had to beat Anthony Yard in order to get that fight. Um, and, you know, all the odds were that, that he would do such because Kovalev's a class fighter and he was in his own backyard. But in the eighth round, Anthony Yard is, I swear to God, he's within about five seconds yeah, he, of winning that fight. 100%. He's one punch away from, from... He absolutely goes to town on Kovalev and he is so close to, to getting a stoppage in that fight. Um, and they were panicking big time in the Kovalev corner in that because it would it would have cost them the Canelo fight. It would have cost them millions and millions of dollars. Um, but uh, sadly, sadly, Anthony Yard couldn't get it done and Kovalev did recover. And then interestingly, as we've, we've spoken about off the podcast, in order to make sure that Anthony Yard is still in with a world title shot going forward, you have to... Yeah. I didn't realise that you have to be active, but you have to have a winning record. You can't, you cannot, I did not know this, you, you cannot get a world title fight if you've lost your last fight. Yeah, makes sense. Which does make sense, yeah. but I, I didn't, didn't realise it was an actual rule, and it is. So here, Anthony Yard, just before lockdown, ended up fighting some absolute random no-hoper in Spain. In a, in a, in in like a gym? Sports school, school gym? <laughs> yeah, which he obviously won, but it's just, just simply so that he could win a fight, so that he could be in, in line for a world title going forward. Yeah. I would... Um, I, I just going back to that Carl fight. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, well, it was the eighth fight where it was the closest. It was also the eleventh. Uh, sorry, the eleventh round, I should say, where he was just throwing bombs, going because he he obviously went to Russia knowing he needs to knock out Kovalev. Yeah. And, and Kovalev, let's be honest, is is a is a really 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 top draw fighter. Mm. Maybe past his best a bit now, but a real top. He's elite fighter. level. Elite yeah. level, definitely. And Yard's gone there to really give it a go. And to be fair, came bloody close. Um, I think. Well, I think if he if he won that fight, that would be one of, <coughs> one of the best one of the best away performances from a British boxer. I would suggest it'd be definitely in the top ten. Definitely, if he if he if he went to Russia and beat Kovalev, I would imagine it definitely was it's Fury, it's furious, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is, yeah, yeah. So I I think Yard's a really class fighter. I just feel I do feel with him a bit sorry because I feel like BT don't do enough with him. Mm. I feel like they've got a real gem there. I and think Tyson Fury's their like their their, yeah, their golden ticket, isn't he? But I think Anthony Yard's probably the next the next best thing, along with Dubois. along with Dubois. Yeah, yeah I would I, agree. I would suggest. Yeah, and it feels like Yard will go. 
here, there, and everywhere to get a fight. Anyway, anyway, we can't do what we, we said. We said we weren't going to dwell too much on any fight, yeah. and I've dwelled far too much on that fight. So, only two other ones I want to talk about: Taylor versus Kong Song. Yeah. Tuned in to watch uh, Josh Taylor. I was excited about this fight because I lo- I love Josh Taylor. I, I really, really think uh, I'm not on that bandwagon yet. Are you not? I don't dislike him. I really, I really think Josh Taylor could be a special, special fighter for, for, okay. for Britain. Um, just looking at looking at his record, and obviously we, we watched him in the pro grade fights um, where you watched the whole fight. I watched some of it and was asleep for some of it yeah um, but uh but yeah in the kong in the kong song fight i was just excited to see how he went what shape he was in kong song was coming into that fight um as uh an undefeated 16 and 0 fighter with he's a puncher isn't he yeah. heavy hitter yeah um but josh taylor just annihilated him in the first round with an absolutely sickening body shot that the guy was down for for about 10 minutes on the floor Said you, it, it was a sickening body shot, but it, it, it felt like it was a sickening body shot because of the response of the competitor. A bit as, as much as I mean, I wouldn't want to take that punch. No, <laughs> but it looked like it, it looked much. It looked, it looked much worse. I think with body shots, though, it's one of those things where you see it and it doesn't have the impact of a. You know, if you see a knockout of a head shot, the head snaps back, it yeah. falls to the floor. Quite often they might be unconscious or whatever, and it's it's pure drama, isn't it? With a body shot, it doesn't have that impact initially, but they must be absolutely horrendous to take. Can you imagine taking that to the to the liver? It must have been awful for him. I mean, to be fair, David Hay on 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 the BT show actually said that he was basically a wet leg and should should, should have got up from it a lot sooner. I mean, I think that's a little bit harsh, to be honest, but there we are. I feel like David Hayes is in a position to maybe make that call. He is. We're yeah. not. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true. I, I mean, yeah. I, d- I don't think he was faking it. I think it was just a really good shot. I think he just landed exactly where it should do. And and, and to be fair, to be fair to Josh Taylor, um, him and um, Ben Davison afterwards said that, that that is the shot they've been working on. They noticed that when Kong Song comes off the ropes, um, he always swings with a right hand. Taylor goes in, ducks underneath it, and just lands the body shot perfectly. And it's, it's clearly something they'd worked on. I think they were probably expecting that shot to wear him down and yeah. maybe get him later on in the fight. But it turns out it just ended it in the first round. And Kong Tong wasn't a joke fighter. Like he was, he was a mandatory challenger. Mm. Like that's you know you're gonna be you might not be God's gift, but you you find a decent level yeah. there. And so. can I just say as well, I almost had an absolute stormer on the betting on this one. Almost. And and almost is the operative word. Um, so I've looked. I've looked on it. Obviously, always bet responsibly. Um, first round KO eighty to one. I've literally clicked it to complete the bet. I just thought oh, I'll just put like pound on. Maybe I will put ten pound on. Water. No, no. But I, 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 I pussied out of it basically, and then it was a first round KO. So I'm absolutely devastated about that. It's like that time when we almost won three hundred pounds, and that other time when we almost won. So you can see the, the theme about, about our betting with boxing. Yeah, I think um, I think it would be fair to say that on, on a normal boxing night, we might win one of the early fights on a boost or something, and then we'll inevitably lose everything, having been so close to win, making it big time. Yeah. Uh, right, last last one then on this section, Dave. Uh, and this is one you wanted to talk about. Baranchik versus Sapida. Oh, yes. So Baranchik Sapida was last night... Um, and I wanted to talk about it. I texted her, I said, remind me, remind me to talk about this fight. 
because I saw online that it was um, it was this tremendous fight, and uh, so I've, I've gone on to to look at it. Ivan Brancic is uh, and Zapida are it's a world title eliminator for the super lightweight belt. So this is the same uh, weight as Josh Taylor. So Josh Taylor beat Ivan Brancic in the fight before the Regis Progre fight, and at that point they were both unbeaten. And Ivan Brancic is nicknamed the Beast. He's a massive puncher um, at that weight and has loads and loads of knockouts and is very exciting. And it was a really, really significant win for Josh Taylor when he beat Ivan Brancic in the World Boxing Super Series. And he, he took his world title and all that sort of stuff. That was the first defeat for Ivan Brancic. And then he fought somebody else after that and won. And then he was fighting Jose Cepeda. And what was interesting about this fight was that Cepeda's only lost once before as well, before this fight. And he lost to Jose Ramirez who has the other super lightweight belts. So basically you've got the guy that Ramirez beat and you've got the guy that Taylor beat and they're the two number ones in, you know, one and two in the world. And then you've got these two that are just that, that level below. So they're fighting in a world title eliminator. And if this does not win Ring Magazine Fight of the Year, I do not know what will because in this fight there are eight knockdowns. It's only five round fight. I'm not going to talk too much about um, the the fight because I would urge everybody just go and watch this fight it is an absolutely unbelievable fight four knockdowns apiece each boxer down four times in five rounds one of the best knockouts you'll see this year it's a sickening knockout the guy is the guy loses is it just completely gone one of those ones where they 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 fall and their legs are like bent in weird directions and stuff and the head snaps back because they're just completely unconscious. I just cannot stress enough, go and watch this fight. I've told you today to not watch it before we record because I wanted to put it on the podcast and we're going to watch it after this because it is sensational. Okay. Sensational. So that's the boxer's names? Ivan Baranchik versus Jose Cepeda. Um, if you just type it into Google, uh, it comes up on YouTube. It's on ESPN watch it highly recommended yeah thanks Dave hey guys this is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic and I want to give a shout out to the wrestling predict cast and this amazing podcast picks the winners of pay-per-view matches and sees how the uh, the outcomes turn out I think it's an awesome podcast and you should definitely tune in be sure to feast your ears on the wrestling predict cast Right then, Dave, so the normal topic for part two is the upcoming fight. But um, we haven't got any major fights coming up immediately. Um, so what I'm going to get you to talk me through now is all of the upcoming fights between now and the end of the year, the ones that we've got planned. And then we'll get into more detail in the coming weeks when we get to those fights specifically. So I'm going to rattle through a few fights and just want your thoughts, if that's OK. Yeah, great. Start with tonight. So we're recording this on the 4th October, if you haven't worked that out from... Um, part one. So Joshua Boazzi is fighting Kalich tonight in Milton Keynes. Any thoughts yeah. about that fight? Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how uh, Boazzi goes. He's been out of the ring for ages, uh, 13 months since his last fight. You and I are big fans, aren't we, of Joshua Boazzi? We, Boazzi is a classic for us on the Sky Boost, isn't he? Like yeah. Boazzi to win in one to, rounds one to two is an absolute banker for us uh, on, the, on the Sky Boost. Anyway, um, no, he's great. He's he's a really exciting prospect. I think what's interesting about Joshua Brazzi is um, when does he take that next step to a slightly higher level? I think I think he's you know he's done all he, he can do up to this point. I think he 
needs. Um, I'm not suggesting he needs to go to world title level yet, but like, he does. I think he does need a slightly classier opponent going forward. Understand that this fight isn't that because he hasn't boxed for 13 months. Um, the guy is unbeaten, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, um, so that'll be interesting to see how he goes. And Boatsy's been talking him up, as you would, and saying that he's got good amateur pedigree and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think with Boatsy, it's just unfortunate that he's in a division where the two guys that hold the world titles are amazing. Like, yeah. absolutely incredible fighters. Arthur Bateriev and um, Dimitri Bivol, both absolutely brilliant world champions. You know, it's not... It's not one of those divisions where you've got four different world champions and a couple of them are pretty useless. You've got two and they're both absolutely sensational. So um, his career pro- uh, progression isn't going to be quite as steep. I, I wouldn't expect him to fight those anytime soon. No. Um, but he, but he, he hasn't done what Yard did and put himself out there, has he? Yet? No, he hasn't. And, and that's what I mean. I think, I think he does need... It's one of those, and it's risk and reward. Yeah. It's like, do I do I take the next step up and potentially lose my unbeaten record, which you know I'm a huge fan of, yeah. um, or do I do I play it safe? And 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 this is kind of my point that I was making in uh, previous episodes that um, for me he now needs to take that next step. And if he was to have you know another four fights and they're all like they're all knockouts within the first four rounds. I'm going to lose interest. I, I would like to see him. I understand that this fight isn't that. I completely understand that. Yeah. But I think I think the fight after that, it needs to be somebody that um, is showing me that he's progressing further and taking the next step. I think we talked about it earlier. Um, the Yar Buatsi fight is a sensational fight. Yeah. That needs to be made. I, agree. Um, I, I think, you know, on um, online and on um, some other radio shows, They've been talking about the fact that it's too early for that fight, and let's wait till they've both got world titles. Well, they could. There's we we could say they could both. There's no guarantee either of them could get a world title. No, I agree. I would much rather see that fight next year. Uh, hopefully, with fans, you know, maybe next summer or next uh, next winter. You know, a year a year from now for the British title, and that is a mass. That would be a massive fight. And the winner could just be brilliant. Uh, the winner could go. The winner could get a, a world title. Yeah, the winner could. Uh, get, the winner could. That. Winner could get a world title off that. So we're talking. So then you're talking, Buatzi or Yard to fight one of the other two mm. world title contenders in eighteen to two years, which eighteen months to two years, which which sounds reasonable. Yeah. And 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 for me, that's a no. That's a no lose fight. If if Buatzi loses to Yard, that doesn't mean he's done. No. It just, it just, it just means he has to then have another couple of fights, and then perhaps he fights yard again. You just don't know, do you? I don't, I don't see it as one of those fights that's the loser is is over. I just think, I just think it's an absolute win win for everybody. To be honest, I, I could see Boatsy Yard being one of those fights where they might fight each other three times over the course of their career. You know, one of those sorts of sagas. Well, they could have. A, I, I agree with you totally. I think they could have a real trilogy there, just be, just below the mm. just below world level. There was. Um, it's got. It, it reminds me. I think a bit of Frotch and Groves. I appreciate that was the, was for world title. I think those yeah. ones. Yeah. But I think you could you could make a, you could make a compelling. Oh, definitely. Like trilogy out of those fights without without the need for anything else. Yeah. I mean, we've had also we've had like White versus Chisora mm. and like those kind of fights which are really. really I think, I and think and um, Belly versus Hay that yeah. was at world level that that those kind of you could class fighters. No, definitely. I think I think because because. We're so used to British boxers nowadays fighting for world titles. I think the British title 
gets somewhat diluted and, and doesn't necessarily have the respect that it did have maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Um, and fighting for the British title is a huge honour. Like I'm, I'm sure all the professional boxers feel like that. And I think Yard, Yard Buatsi would be, for the British title, would be tremendous. Yeah, give us what we never got with Khan and Brooker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay, uh, fight number two on my list, Lomachenko versus Lopez. It's probably the best fight this year, hopefully. I would agree. It's... Um, but not, 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 not pay-per-view, is it? It's going to be... I think no, it's going to be, I think it's gonna be on... on uh, yeah, it is. And I, I, to be honest, I'm surprised it's, I'm surprised it's happening, to be, to yeah, be no, fair. I but, because I, I think it's a, it's a real... I wouldn't say it's a 50-50. I think Lomachenko still is the favourite. I think, you know, Lomachenko's obviously... I think Lomachenko is the best fighter pound, pound in the world at the moment. Um, I don't think he's the best. He's definitely up there. For me, I, I, for me, I think Lomachenko is um, coming towards the end of his career. I don't think he'll be around too much longer. Um, I mean, he's unbelievable. Don't don't get me wrong. Like he's definitely in the top top five. For me, um, for me, the best pound for pound boxer is uh, Naoya Nui. I knew you were going to say that because I love Naoya Nui. You do Inoue. know um, I love Nui. Um, if you haven't watched. There anyway, I would I would strongly recommend um, getting some highlights from YouTube because um, he's amazing. Um, it's easy to be the best pound pound fighter when you're fighting at about six. Pounds. About six pound, yeah. <laughs> uh, it just knocks everyone out. They're all tiny. No, he's really good. Um, but no, Lomachenko. I mean, Lomachenko is amazing. What's his amateur record? It was like three hundred ninety-eight wins, so one loss, or yeah, something it's like so that. It's, um, it's absolutely incredible. But then you've um, got to worry about the three hundred ninety-one fight, three hundred ninety-two fights, haven't you? That's the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think Lopez is really exciting. He's a knockout artist. He's heavy, very heavy-handed. He's unbeaten as well. It's a mega fight, isn't it? I mean, if that was if that was with fans, that's that's a, it's just like a money spinner. I can't believe it's happening. It's going to be middle of October, isn't it? And uh, it's the seventeenth, yeah. So I, I, I would, I think right now, I think Lopez is going to win that fight. I'm going to state state that on the record. I think, I think Tiafimo Lopez will beat Lomachenko. I presume we're both going Boatzi just to go back to the first fight for tonight. Yes, okay, yes, definitely. Well, we'll keep it running. To I'm going to go Lomachenko for this fight. Mm. I think I would. Um, he can't. I mean, he can't argue with that. Like he's brilliant. And Lewis Richardson, I think, is fighting. I'm not sure if that's in the UK or if that's. I presume that is in the UK, but. It, it might be on the undercard, but Lewis Fritzen's fight on the same night. So, uh, moving on, Chisora versus Usk then. Usk. Yeah. Usek, Usk, whatever you want to call him. He's hilarious, isn't he? Alexander Usyk. He's, if you've not seen his uh, Twitter or social media stuff, he's absolutely, he's absolutely jokes. So where have you got, where you, where's your head for this fight? I mean, it, this is a really strange fight for me because, yeah. because, um, if you're looking at it from a boxing perspective, clearly Alexander Usyk is in a is in a completely different league to Derek Chisora. He's obviously a much better, technically a much better boxer. There's, there's no question about that. The only question for me is that Alexander Usyk hasn't fought an elite level fighter. I mean, he fought Tony Bellew in 2018. And then before that, he won the um, World Boxing Super Series, and that was his last really, really huge fight. That was in that was in like I think early 2018, possibly even 2017. So we're going back a long, long time. I don't doubt Usyk's really talented, and he's an amazing fighter. Is he going to be big enough for heavyweight? Is he is he a big enough frame? And I just I just there's a there's a part of me that it's weird with boxers. 
in the UK, if they, you know, we'll just talk about this winning record, unbeaten record. If they lose, if a, if a heavyweight boxer, for example, loses like two or three fights, a lot of people will be like, oh, he's done. Derek Chisora's lost eight fights, but I've got a real, I've got a real sort of soft spot for Derek Chisora. I don't, I don't really know why. You just, um, you just always want him to do well. I, I could see, I could see Del Boy going for it. I just think surely the class will tell in the end. I would have thought. So you go in a sec. It is an interesting fight, though. It is an. In- you just don't know with Derek. You just don't know. I mean, it, 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 what was the um, fight where he knocked out that guy in like the second round? It was an uh, Arthur Splits oh, yeah. or something Spitz, like that. Splits, Splits. Yeah. I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you off there and just say, you say uh, us because I've fought elite level, f- had an elite level fight since 2018. I would argue that that will remain the case after he's fought Chisora. Oh, yeah. I think Chisora's. Yeah. I think she's always past his best. I think you, there is an issue around the weight. Like, you know, I don't know what, how much more she's all weight than us and come to the fight. But, um, I think there's always been heavyweight boxing as we've seen with Vecchi versus White, the chance of a one punch KO. But surely, Got oh, let me be really clear. Like, I fully expect Usyk to win that fight. I think he's much the better, classier boxer. But it, it is, it will be, it's an, it's interesting because it is just interesting to see. Usyk take that next step, really, in the heavyweight division. Okay, so uh, so I assume that. I'm oh, sorry. Before we move on, before we move on, I just wanted to comment very quickly. Lee Selby is fighting on the same card for an eliminate final eliminator for the IBF lightweight, which presumably is the same uh, will be the winner of Lomachenko versus Lopez, will it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, I, I I've seen Lee Selby fight a few times. Mm. I'm not. Feeling uber confident with him against Lomachenko. No. <laughs> I just, I can't see it. I don't, see, I, I don't understand how they're the same. I don't understand how they can be, how they can really, f- uh, it seems such a goal for me that. Yeah, yeah. What, in size or just in class or both? both really, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, particularly, particularly if Lopez won. I mean, Lomachenko's quite a small lightweight, to be fair. He's more of a super feather. Lopez is a huge guy. I mean, yeah. I, I, Selby Lopez I mean that's just a complete mismatch I mean we watched Selby against Warrington didn't we and Warrington absolutely destroyed him in that that night um, and he's, he's jumped up the weight division isn't he to sort of get away from that and I'm not sure I'm not sure so we're nipping around a bit then so um, I presume that won't be on pay-per-view just or Usk I don't know if it's been announced yet I'm sure or I'm sure it will be yeah Eddie Hearn will be looking to put. I think Eddie Hearn will be looking to put a pay per view on October, which is Chisora White because he had one in September, didn't he? Which yeah. was White Povetkin. White Povetkin is the next one we'll come on to. That's got to be November, and then Joshua Pulley will be December. There's your, mm-hmm. there's your pay per view. There's your three. There's your three. I think. I think Chisora Usyk, if it is pay per view, is going to be a classic Eddie Hearn pay per view where the undercard's going to be stacked, isn't it? It's going to be. There's going to be four. There's going to be four or five fights on there, and you're going to you're going to know every single fighter in in in, in the, uh, the the card. Well, I feel like all of his headliners need to just get 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 fighting. Mm. I couldn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe I'm. Maybe this is very naive of me, but it feels like Carmel Brook could do with a fight at this point. Yeah. You know, Kel Brook could fight on that card. Yeah. Okay, so we'll um, just nipping back then. So Chisora, uh, Bush, sorry, is the thirty first of October. The week before, we've got Joyce versus Dubois, which I imagine will be the next time that we are going to do an in-depth analysis on our podcast. Yeah. But talk to me, your just your prediction for Dubois, Joyce, without going into too much detail. I think um, I would definitely back Daniel Dubois in this fight. I think he's, I think he is the better boxer. We, you and I both share the view. We're not, we're not 
overly impressed with Joe Joyce, to be honest. I mean, but I think we let me be clear. we this is a fans podcast. This is a fans view, and I know a lot of experts seem to think that Joe Joyce is set for big things. Not for me. No, not for me either. Not I for think me. I think he's really average. I think he's a bit sluggish when he's around the ring. Um, he's he only he doesn't inspire me. I think Dubois will. I think Dubois, who's a much younger fighter, will will show his class a bit. Joe Joyce's tactic in the heavyweight division seems to be, I have got. He's got a great chin, Joe Joyce. He, he takes far too many shots, far too many shots. But he seems to just think, I'm just going to take a load of shots and sort of steamroll my way through the fight, and eventually I wear them down. It might work against the opponents yeah. that he's fought so far. But I, when he steps up to the next level, I cannot see that happening. If you're taking, if you're taking like several right hands around from Daniel Dubois, you're going to be knocked down. I, yeah, I'm really uninspired by yeah. Joe Joyce. I, I think. Um, so let me ask you: If you're going to buy one pay per view, though, which you're buying, you got two week, two weekends in a row. Chisora or, or Joyce Dubois, what are you buying? I'm more excited about the Joyce Dubois fight for me because I, I think because I think because I think. Um, because I'm excited by Daniel Dubois, I think could, I think it could be really exciting in the next the next few years. Now, I'm, and for me, that's a, that's a really important step for Daniel Dubois. Oh, that, that that we're talking about, Buatzi needs to take a step up in class. Well, this is what Dubois is doing in this fight. He's risking his unbeaten record, as is Joe Joyce. In fairness to him, yep. um, for the British title, this is exactly the yard Buatzi situation, but in the heavyweight division. And these guys, fair play to them, they're, they're going for it. And you, you can't knock either fighter for that. It's um, it's a great fight. Really looking forward to seeing it. Um, I expect Dubois to, to win and um, continue his... I mean, if Dubois wins that fight, he will be with it. He will be having a world title fight within the next year. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Year, 18 months, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think you're going to get Possibly two, 18 two, months. Two Joshua Fiona yeah, fights. Yeah, okay. Possibly 18 months, but... He'll be, he'll be soon. Knock he'll be soon. Time. Yeah. And you've got Usk as well. It could be an Usk versus Dubois fight. Mm. That'd be, that'd be tasty. That would be tasty. Right. Dave, we saw Povetkin versus White. Um, and we saw Povetkin knock out White. So who are you back in the, in the rematch? I'm still back in Dillian White. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> back in Dillian White. I just think with that fight, I've, I've watched it again since then. And Dillian White doesn't really put a foot wrong in the fight. No, he doesn't. Um, I just think it was an absolute wonder punch. I really do. I mean, you've got to credit Povetkin. It's tremendous skill that he's shown in that moment, and it's worked out brilliantly for him. But I just, I can't, I can't see Dillian White losing that rematch for me. No, I agree. Um, totally. I, I, I just, he, he can't. He can't. He might. Yeah. Have, his career's over if he loses that rematch. It, like it is. Unfortunate. No, it is. Because he, he can't possibly progress to world title uh, level if he's losing that fight. He has to win it. He's going, to be, he's going to be cautious. If Dillian White, White loses that fight, he is he's years away from a world title fight, in which, of which he doesn't have. Yeah. So, in, so he'll either retire or he'll he'll have to fight on the circuit below. You know, he'll he'll end up having like a third fight with Chisora, and he'll fight you know those sorts of David Price, and he'll be on that sort of he'll be on that sort of circuit. He'll be completely off the elite level track that he is on currently. I think he knows he has to win that fight. He ordered the rematch immediately because he knows how important it is. Yeah. I just, I just think he'll. I, I think I. Well, I, to be honest, and I hope, I hope he does win it. Yeah, I, really I, I think if he spent six months looking his wound before he announced it, I think it would have made him look worse than actually just going. You know what? Got hit by a wonder punch. Yeah. Like, what can I do? 
I'm backing it. No, and no one's thinking Povetkin's better than White. And let's be clear, we love Dillian White because he's taken risk after risk after risk. I mean, he's backfired because, yeah. he, because he lost the fight. But you have to back him in the rematch and say, come on, Dillian, do it. Okay, so a final one then, Dave. A nice segue from world title fights, which Dillian yeah. White might be years and years and years away from. Uh, Joshua Pulev. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh. It's just an it's an interesting one, isn't it? You'd like to, I would love to see Joshua put on a display in this fight. Yeah, that's that's he what needs, I, he needs one. I think this fight for Joshua is perfect. In my opinion, it's perfect because Pulev is quite clearly elite level. He's only lost to Vladimir Klitschko um, in sort of five years ago, and he's won all his fights since then. Um, he's a, he's an excellent fighter, and I just think I just think the style of this fight. I think it's perfect for Joshua. Joshua could lose this fight. Let's yeah. be clear. He could absolutely lose this fight, but I don't expect him to. I think if 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 Joshua puts on a classy display and knocks Pulev out, the calls for the Fury fight are just enormous, aren't they? Yeah, I the I, I worry about the re- the reverse of that. If Joshua doesn't beat Pulev, mm. if they if if Pulev knocks him knocks him out or knocks him down, I think You've got, you've got to start asking some serious questions about Anthony Joshua. Absolutely, absolutely. But that this is what we want to see. This is this yeah. is exactly you know you. Like I've said many times before, I don't. I have no interest in Anthony Joshua at this stage of his career going in and knocking a guy out in round one who's hopeless. We want to see him in these big fights, and we want to see him come through them and 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 prove that he's as good as we hope and we think he is. Um, I think he will win that fight, but I'm just really hoping that it, I, to be honest, I think, I think beyond winning it, I think he needs to, I, I think agree. he needs to look good. I don't, I don't even think it's a case of just win that fight. I, I think for me, having, having obviously lost, um, his world titles last year, um, and then winning them back. I think he needs to look good in this fight and, and win handsomely. I agree. I think if he scrapes through this, it's going to, it's going to just be, what you just be watching Tyson what Fury, we want Fury to see his lips. is Joshua absolutely obliterate Pulev we want to see Tyson Fury do what he did against Wilder previously and put him to bed and then just let's get that on because it's just enormous isn't it yeah so there we go lots of fa- lots of fights to whet the appetite and hopefully or we've whetted your appetite for part three where we're joined by a special guest Luke from the special wrestling special guest yeah special being the operative word uh, from Luke from the Wrestling Predict Cast podcast, uh, where we're going to talk about Anthony Joshua fight number three. That movie list podcast does exactly what the title suggests: counts down unusual, bizarre, unique, and best yet, listener suggested lists. Which movie franchise should be a Lego toy? Who is the best movie, Dave? And as one listener requested, which is the best movie featuring an exoskeleton? For these lists and a host more, find and subscribe to That Movie List Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So here we are then, uh, back in the Anthony Joshua uh, fight A to Z. uh, And we've got a special guest for this uh, segment of the podcast. It is Luke from uh, Wrestling Predict Cast. Uh, we are intermingling, uh, just as um, our producer Ben had hoped. Um, so, guys, we've just watched uh, Anthony Joshua's third fight against a guy who I believe's name is Kischeck. Jorge. Jorge Kischeck. So, we've all seen the fight. Does anyone want to give any initial thoughts about the fight? 
Well, he's about your height, your build. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit, bit, bit larger than I am, yeah, in terms of girth. <laughs> he's what he's. Um, what's interesting about him is, compared to the first two fights, he is humongously dwarfed by Anthony Joshua. Whereas the first two fights, they're, got, they're, they're quite big lads, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're big lumps, aren't they? But he's, he's boxing. Immobile lumps. Yeah. In this fight, the guy's tiny. I reckon if if he was if he was a professional boxer, if he if he so he's a professional boxer. No, but okay, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine, Anthony okay. Joshua. So if he was a better <laughs> professional boxer, um, if he slimmed down and made weight, so I reckon he'd be light heavyweight. I reckon he would be coming in at light heavyweight. He's that small. Yeah. I think he's, he's tiny. He's yeah. absolutely tiny. He is. You rather unflatteringly described him similar to me, and I and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hating that comparison because I think if I was fighting against Joshua I'd be in a significantly better shape than he was <laughs> yeah. um, he's got an element of Delphin pursuit about him and I'm giving that as a massive compliment because he does come out punching he does he does yeah it's it's one way you go in so if I was fighting Anthony Joshua I think I would um, try and absorb a punch not to the face and go down right <laughs> and this guy's this guy has decided he's going to go for the win the optimistic win so, takes a barrage. Luke? I would do the opposite of what he did. So, rather than going all guns bathing and just trying to pile into him, I'd just try and run away. I think he's trying... <laughs> but he, let's give him credit, he is trying to win the fight. I, I just... I, I find it really interesting, like, the mentality of going into a fight like that. So, you're a heavy underdog. I mean, I don't know what the, the odds would have been, but... Heavy... I think, I think you need to... Yeah, an underdog I are. You put a pound on, you're winning, you're winning a significant amount of money if it comes in. He's a heavy underdog. The mentality of a boxer going into that fight. What what do you do? Do you do you go into it and think I just need to? Because we were talking in the last podcast about uh, do you get paid by the round and is there like an element of you get more money for the longer you last? So is there a is there a case of like I'm just going to survive as long as I can, or is it a case of do you know what I'm going to go in, I'm going to give it a right good go and see if I see if I can shock the world? Yeah, I think he did do that, and then and then and not. Well, I think he did do that, and actually, to be fair to him, and we, I mean, like spoilers, uh, Anthony Joshua battered him, um, but he was still throwing as he was being waved off. It was like yeah. so, so. So he manages to survive the first round, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He, he, co- he comes to the first round. He does he does actually throw a bit a bit back, and and actually in the second round, I don't know if you noticed this, he catches Joshua quite heavily, like <laughs> with the right hand, and you think, oh, hang on, um, but it's it's waved off. Quite soon after that, you say heavily, but I don't think it was that heavy. You just, you just kind of like windmilling punches. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think when I say heavily, what I mean is, for the first time, you're like, oh my god, Joshua's actually been hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let, let me let me expand on the Delphin pursuing comparison. Right, he, he comes out, and it, I mean, I, I feel it's a, it's very unflattering to Delphin pursuing because Delphin pursuing's um, skill level is. I mean, a thousand times more than this guy. But this guy comes out, right? He throws a load of punches. He takes a few punches in the first round and he's, he's, he's quite a durable punch bag for Anthony Joshua, to be honest, for, for round one. And then round two, John, Josh, Joshua just shows his class a bit. Yeah, he does, yeah. And again, and again like, just um, a bit like the Emmanuel Leo fight with the with the finish, just it's just volume of punches, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's different to the Butlin fight where you've got that, that showreel knockout. This is just, again, just volume of punches wears him down and actually the referee waves it off and and um Kishchek wants to go he still wants to carry on doesn't he why have you why have you called this off 
just because I'm a punching bag for for like what is essentially four minutes. He looks confused. He, he, he wonders why the referee has stepped in. Well, you've just taken 20 punches in five seconds. So From an Olympic gold medalist yeah, who's why. also 16, like nearly 17 stone mm. of solid muscle. Yeah. Well, also, Andrew Drescher realises this and carries on punching anyway. Yeah, and the referee, the referee has to separate them. Yeah. And, and I think I think there's an element of um, so this was at York Hall, wasn't it? This yeah. was at uh, this was at York Hall, which is um, sort of the the birthing ground of of, uh, of UK uh, boxing superstars, isn't it? Like all the big names have fought at York Hall at some point in the early stage of their career. And this is, I think, this is there's an element of, of why Joshua fought there. Um, I think the the York Hall fans are there wanting to see something spectacular aren't they and I think Joshua wants to give them that what happens I think what happens after this fight is that Joshua then starts his little tour of the UK uh, and he goes I'm pretty sure he fights in Glasgow in future fights I haven't looked this up obviously because that would be far too much preparation for this podcast Um, I did um, I'm not going to lie I did watch the fight whilst having a wee Uh, (laughs) and thought and I thought oh it's actually on to two rounds I best go back and chat to the boys (laughs) but yeah I think this is when Andy Joshua realises he's got a bit of fame he's going to get a bit of fame here he can can really build a fan base by going around the UK having a few fights and um, you know whatever happens to Andy Joshua that's the question this fight was his third fight and this when was this November yeah November 2013 so yeah he's, he's two three, and a half weeks after yeah. I think well, no, it, was, it was three weeks wasn't it it was three weeks after the second fight which you can find on previous versions if you uh, previous episodes if you're interested um, but yeah three weeks later and actually fair play because he can fight again probably next week at this yeah. point yeah. well I think he was wasn't he I think there was I think that was the original plan um, and I think they were saying at the time that it was his third fight in about five weeks in total yeah and I mean at the moment he's fighting no hopers isn't he like, like let's let's be honest he is you know, you, you got you got you got, you got nothing to worry about at this. You got absolutely nothing to worry about at this point. If you're fighting these people, I don't know much about Kiszczek. Um I tried to find him on Facebook again. Okay, right, great. So, so try to try to find Jorge Kiszczek, uh in the hope that potentially you might have a conversation with him. Um, he's got he's not got a Facebook account, unfortunately. Desperately tried, tried Instagram, tried everything. Is he still fighting? I have no idea. He, he's uh, I have no idea. Absolutely no no idea. So this is a bit of homework for the listeners. If you want to find out more about Jorge Kiszczek, you might have to go and <laughs> research it yourself. And Luke. also, this is a shout out to Paul Butlin. Uh, if you're still listening, Paul, um, if you do want to get in contact, uh, please do, because we, we'd still love to hear from you. I was going to say, we'd love to hear what it's like to take a punch around to Joshua, but I can, I, I've, got, I've got a fair gauge, just mentally, about what that would be like. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, we'll give you the final thoughts. Are you going to carry on watching Anthony Joshua's uh, A to Z of fights after this one? I am definitely. I mean, I mean, in preparation for this, I watched the first two, and I actually thought this was probably one of the weaker ones. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm def- like, I'm, I'm really forward. This wasn't much of a contest, was no. it? I mean, then no. none of them were much of a contest. But this, no. is, I think, is one of these where you, you're looking at the two guys in the ring, and like I said at the start, the significance in stature is just so stark that you just think there's absolutely zero chance of this guy like causing any sort of upset. Probably the case. Yeah, absolutely. Luke, any final thoughts? No, I mean, I could probably do better than him, and that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> and on that big statement, we will end uh, episode three of the podcast. 
Um, I should say, and uh, I should have said in the first two podcasts, which is um, you know, a reflection on the quality of the podcast. But if you um, if you do like what you're listening to, and if you haven't already, um, please subscribe, and also please give us a five star rating because um, when we started from the from the canvas. Um, when you googled from the canvas oh sorry when you went on the I, when you went onto iTunes and looked at the podcast and typed in from the canvas um, we were about the tenth down even though that was our exact name <laughs> <laughs> and now we are at least at the point now where you search from the canvas and we are the ones that come up so please continue to support please continue to listen please continue to download and please subscribe and give us a five star rating thanks everyone bye Thank you for listening to the From the Canvas podcast brought to you by the Views from the Sofa Network. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to get involved in the conversation? Then search for From the Canvas on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>